You're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you interviews as well as news relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, which are either in English or where language is no problem. We concentrate on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. A mixed bag this week. We talked to the director of an English-language theatre company in Amsterdam and to a businessman who is as fanatical about his art as he is about business. But first... We've just been listening to a concert by the amazing Amsterdam Klezmer Band. As you can hear, the concert's just finished, and I've arranged to have a drink with the band's leader in the bar. I'm with you of the Amsterdam Klezmer Band. Now, a lot of people are not going to know what Klezmer is, so can you explain that very simply? Yes, Klezmer is a festive kind of music style that was played by Jewish people around 150 200 years ago in the eastern of Europe and they were traveling musicians most of the time uh, going from one village to the other playing for uh, Jewish parties but also for the uh, parties of the um, uh, inhabitants like the, for the uh, Moldovan citizens or the Ukrainian citizens so they were actually adapting a lot of uh, fol- folkloric music into this Jewish traditional music. That's what I was going to ask you. How much of it, of, of what you play, is traditional and how much of it is modern? I imagine they're still writing um, klezmer music. Uh, the thing is, we, we started off as a traditional klezmer band playing playing classics and uh, me being also a lot into jazz music and and, uh, and other music styles, I, I actually started to write new songs uh, from the start already and um, my fellow musicians uh, they also got inspired so we we all write our own new klezmer music and it's and it's you know we started with traditional klezmer but when you write you you also start to look for different different uh, inspiration and we all found a lot of inspiration with modern gypsy music or let's say modern time gypsy music from Romania from Ukraine uh, Moldova these places and uh, Turkish music so uh, and and also like our trumpet player he's he's a very uh, um, good improviser and he uh, he is always uh, composing songs where there's a lot of room for improvisation. So it's a very free form. It's not a rigid, a rigid thing. No, 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 no. We left that uh, like way, way behind. Because what I noticed, and I mean, this may be a lot to do with the lineup of the band. A lot of it was very much like New Orleans jazz. I couldn't see any connection between New Orleans and Yiddish music. Not yet, or, or uh, <laughs> at all. The, 
not at all. No, then, then ne- I, couldn't neither, where, ne- I couldn't see the, where they would join. Neither can I, but but, uh, there, there but, but there's always uh, a possibility of uh, you know building a bridge. No, absolutely. <laughs> but I think it was main, mainly the lineup because your lineup, the lineup you used today, that's a basic lineup: trombone, clarinet, trumpet, and saxophone, yeah. and a bass and an accordion. Accordion, yeah. And that's the normal. We, uh, and and percussion, but the percussionist plays very simple and and light percussion. Yeah. Are you a fixed lineup, or do you have people coming? We have a fixed lineup. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. how long have you been going? Uh, well, Jasper and me, we uh, we started the band in 1996, and from 2001 we we are a septet. First we were a trio, then quartet for a few years, and around 2000 2001 we we became bigger and became a, sex, uh, a septet. And we are we we have been playing in the same lineup from 2001 until last year when our accordion player Theo van Tol he uh, passed away. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately uh, we changed the uh, the lineup, but we are very happy with Ellen van Vliet, who is doing an incredible job on accordion. Absolutely. And who is uh, coincidentally uh, like. Um, Soulmate, a real soulmate of Theo, our former accordionist. So okay, we keep well, it in the family. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs> You're welcome. That was Job of the wonderful Amsterdam Klezmer Band. We'll be playing a track from them at the end of the programme. If you're a regular listener to Arts Talk Radio or a reader of Arts Talk magazine or indeed interested in English language theatre in Holland, then you'll know all about the Queen's English Theatre Company. Well, they have a new production coming up at the end of November and on the line we have QETC's director, Mark Winstanley. Hi, Mark. Good to talk to you again. Hello, Mark. Nice to talk to you. Uh, You've got a new show coming up, which is a double bill, I think. Uh, What's all that about? It is. It's an immersive double bill. Um, so it's kind of a promenade show, if you if you like. It's where people can choose either to they can sit in, in seats, uh, but you can choose, and I recommend you do this because it can be very exciting. Uh, you can choose the immersive tickets and be actually on the stage and move around on the stage and, and follow the action. Uh, isn't that going to be a bit distracting if there are people wandering around? Well, we, I think we don't really know yet. Uh, we've, we've got to find that out. But the idea is that we wanted to create sort of a, a bigger atmosphere. We want to have, have the audience be part of the atmosphere of the show. Some of the show, a lot of the scenes require sort of crowds or, or a, you know, a bigger crowd of people. And I think that this is going to work really well to, to create those uh, kind of moments, the scenes in bars, in nightclubs, discotheques, uh, in airports, in parks, at a sort of picnic party. So there's all sorts of, of, of lovely opportunities for, for the people on stage, uh, the audience on stage, to be not necessarily... Uh, in the spotlight, but a kind of part of the of the production. Hmm. Well, I shall reserve judgment on that. I know it, that, <laughs> that it, it worked very well with, with with the the Alan Bennett double bill you did, but that was differently because the audience was actually static. They they they, they, they right. weren't moving around. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we do we do love what we discovered doing Talking Heads, and I think I think 
if I may say so, you were kind of pleasantly surprised having seen it one way done, yeah, yeah. you know, just proscenium and then seeing it played in the round. Mm -hmm. It does open up all sorts of opportunities in terms of how you choreograph a piece and it gives you a lot more options in terms of creating mood and emotion with with movement and vi and visual scenes. Yeah, I think um, I, I think the I think the point with 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 the talking heads was that because it was done or the two little plays were done on a, a relatively small rostrum that yeah. it really focused the action uh, and yes. I think uh, it slightly concerns me that if people are wandering around as well that would tend yeah. to um, unfocus it. Well it's very much inspired by the Guys and Dolls performance that's having a massively successful run at the Bridge Theatre in London at the moment and we're doing a similar thing to them in that we will have um, stage hands uh, actors on stage also to kind of guide the audience a little bit um, and the audience will be a little bit briefed beforehand so I don't think it is going to get distracting and I think my feeling we have to find out but my feeling is that in the scenes that requires a little bit more stillness I think the audience will pick that up and they will stay stay more still and of course we can do a lot with lighting you mm. know we can really focus on certain uh, certain uh, scenes by only lighting what's happening uh, on the raised stage area. Because what we're having is, the CCR is a beautiful theatre, has an enormous stage, about 10 by 12 metres. And we're having a raised area in the middle, bigger than we had for Talking Heads, about mm, three or four times the size of that. And uh, most of the acting... Uh, the performers uh, will be on those those raised areas. But occasionally they, they go out into the audience as well, so there's kind of that audience uh, participation as well. So what percentage of the audience will be on stage and what percentage will be in the conventional seating area? Well, you can choose. So it, depend, it depends how many we sell in each area. At the moment, it seems to be going pretty 50-50. Um, but we're pushing people to go for the immersive tickets. I really recommend you do that because having gone to see Guys and Dolls and enjoyed that that so much, I think you really, really enjoy that as a new experience. And it is a kind of different experience. I could only liken it to because you get can get so close if you want to, it has a sort of um, a feeling of being between theatre and film because you can really see you know, great in great detail, everything close up, if you choose to. I think you're coming to see it. Yeah, 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 I'll, I'll be there, I'll be there. You're going to, going to review it. And for us, it's, you know, I think it's always good to experiment with some new things and uh, everything's a, learn, a learning process, so let's uh, let's see. But I'm feeling, having done sort of a, a seven days of intensive rehearsal, I'm feeling very, very positive about it. So when does this open? Uh, we open on the 24th of November. Um, and uh, we're doing just five shows in, in Amsterdam. And this is at the CC Amstel Theatre. It, it, it is. Um, and the, the two great little plays, they're both um, two-handers. Um, Smiley is a, is a gay rom-com, and it's about a, a, a guy who works in a bar who, through sort of crossed, mixed-up voicemails, ends up meeting uh, an architect, and it looks like they're not really going to hit it off. But then the sexual chemistry is amazing between them. And it's a lovely, funny, sexy, romantic rom-com about, about what happens to the, to the two of them. Uh, and Endless Second is actually a, a revival of our successful uh, production from March, um, you yourselves gave it a great review, so it's coming back. And that's a, a, a rom-com that then takes a little slightly more serious turn, uh, and it's about sexual consent within a within a relationship. But it's so beautifully written, it's really very, very balanced, and it, it doesn't, you know, it still leaves you to make your own mind up about uh, about the two characters at the end of it. Hmm. Well, that sounds good. They, they both sound good. So I shall, I shall look forward to that. No doubt we, we will we'll be reviewing it for Arts Talk magazine. But for the moment, uh, Mark Winstanley, thanks very much indeed. Thank you.
That was Mark Winstanley of QETC, the Queen's English Theatre Company of Amsterdam. Their new show, A Double Bill, runs at the CC Amstel Theatre in Amsterdam from the 24th to the 26th of November. Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk magazine, all one word, dot NL. Arts Talk magazine, dot NL. A lot of businesses and corporations invest in art, but few, I suspect, with the same passion as a man I met recently. I'm in the depot in uh, Rotterdam, and not many people will know, but there are actually, in that building, private spaces, private galleries. And I'm with Ali Keres, who is the what, director of Lakeside Capital? Capital Partners. Capital yes. Partners. Managing Partner. But you also have an incredible art collection, which is housed in the in the depot how did that come about well uh, indeed um, I have my own investment firm which is called Lakeside Capital Partners and years ago when I was around my 1920th year I started to slowly uh, see contemporary art uh, without really having the the knowledge about collecting or the possibilities about collecting. It took me some time to actually understand and um, to, to interpret what art means and what can it mean and how can it touch your life. So my relation with art actually started as an effective relationship over the years and slowly when I started to earn some and gain some money and I was able to purchase art, uh, slowly developed to a corporate art collection because I was acquiring art for all our companies. So not only for the guests, but also for our employees um, to be able to show art and to engage with art. And um, actually, it wasn't really public because um, I was quite silent about collecting and it was more that it was visible for the people who would attend our locations. Uh, we have around 30 locations in the Netherlands of our companies. Um, but at one point, um, when we were seeking for space, because the, I thought in the past that the moment that I have no walls left anymore, I will not buy a painting. But that moment passed without me stopping paintings or sculptures so the funny thing actually is that I continued acquiring artworks but those artworks were more overstashed at my head office uh, ground floor and uh, more and more difficult to uh, to show so I was actually planning to build a small depot underground in the garden of my office at the lakeside Villa Lakeside and um, at one point I also imagined to have a gallery space to once or twice a year have an exhibition and to see if public would be interested to see our art. And then Charles X, the former director of the Boymans Museum, he invited me during the construction phase and we were in a beautiful space and he said this is for rent for private art collectors so I was a bit surprised I wasn't expecting any form of a commercial possibility but is this engage. space normally open to the public 
It's possible to open to the public, mm. uh, although we don't open daily uh, because of our residency. We, we kind of respect the privacy of the residency also to work as an artist. But uh, coming here and seeing the space and Charles ex explaining his, let's say, the history of Boymans being 1,700 art collectors who donated their artworks to Boymans and now is this amazing collection of over 150,000 artworks, we thought, well, that's an amazing relationship they have at a bond with private collectors. Although it came quite early for me in terms of where the collection was, also in terms of size, but it was not merely a depot where I stash my art collection partly, which I can't show, but also an art space. And on top of it, I, I had the idea of giving back. So just acquiring art, showing it, didn't feel enough. So therefore, when I was speaking about this space with Charles X, I asked him, I want to give back and I would like to have an artist in residency. Would you allow me to have artists actually work here? Because the meaning of this depot is to have them here conserved. And he said, totally, be my guest. And that was actually the, 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 the way I was able to legitimize for myself this this uh, this this space because it was also costly uh, but it felt also good to give back and now we have already three award winners of the Lakeside collection and uh, that's a, a price in terms of a financial support but also a 10-month residency in the depot and then a show in our uh, art space and this year we have uh, Jean Duyou who um, is a filmmaker. Now let's go back to the, to the beginning you said you were in your early 20s when you started collecting pictures or being interested in pictures and did your business start at the same time? What I'm getting at is, does the pictures enable the business, or does the business enable the, the pictures? Yeah, interesting question. I think I started already being an entrepreneur at the age of 21. So I was studying at the law faculty in Rotterdam at the Erasmus University. Um, so I was totally engaged in, in doing business and creating and seeing opportunities and executing them, although I didn't have much means already then to actually... But were they um, running in parallel, the pictures and the business, yes. or one to enable the so other? In a way, yes, but when am I starting, my vantage point with the business was not providing me yet enough capital to, let's say, engage in artworks, which we're able to acquire these days. Uh, but my my first artworks were, was maybe a 1200-1300 euro painting uh, and, and actually photos came much much later. I engaged in photography uh, much later a few years ago. Uh, so it was a development but I think what did engage is me being in business and being together with a business partner who was already then uh, the chairman of a huge art fair at the Pan Amsterdam uh, and he invited me due to our business relation and his son being my best friend to the fair. So there's a correlation being in business and becoming a part of the art world already, although I wasn't really a part, but at least the curtains opened up for me to see what was going on. Do you have one collection, or do you have a private one and a business one? Uh, they're engaged, so I would say there's one corporate art collection, and privately I sometimes do a request for a lending piece for my house. Uh, and our collection now today uh, starts from 1946 until present. We have almost 150 artworks in the collection, so very variety and disciplines we are. But do you have two hats when you're buying? One as a businessman when you think it's a good investment and secondly as a as an subjective personal choice? I would say, um, I, would say I have a 
total effective relationship with art. So although I'm a businessman in general, um, I'm not able, as time has shown me, I'm not able to look at art as business. Hence, when I acquire an artwork, for me, the economic value is lost because I'm not selling. Um, and I hope life doesn't bring a circumstance that I will have to. But uh, if you think about that and you have no economic value anymore attached to it, um, it's, it's not anymore about an economic value. It's a value which comes from affection and what the works means for you and your life. And that's the way I perceive art. And all the works we have acquired, in a way, have a story that attached to me personally. So you don't, uh, your, your, your capital investment company doesn't actually invest in the pictures as such? Uh, we don't see them as assets investable, yeah. which would leverage or, or gain mm. more. Uh, profit. What I can say is that if I look back on how, how I collected art and what art means today for me is if someone asks me what did art bring you, I learned much more about myself, intriguingly enough, looking for almost two decades at artworks, seeing what touches you, not knowing why, and in time seeing a repetitiveness into it, slowly understand where it comes from, who you are, what your needs are, where you maybe have some trauma. So it's interesting so for, for your for self-consciousness. Um, um, uh, mm. yeah. Okay, that will do. Thanks very much indeed. Now, if somebody want to see, wants to see the Lakeside Collection, they can come to the depot when and how? Um, so for the current exhibition, because as I said, we have three spaces. We have the artist in residency, we have the art space, which will be open now for public six days a week from Tuesday until Sunday, every day, 11 to 5. Uh, and behind these walls, uh, we have uh, the collection, a part of the collection and which we keep here, and which we don't open because it's difficult to, yeah. to have it open for a public, but only an appointment. We have guests who we show, but we also have an head office where we have a lot of our favorite artworks. People, 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 yeah, people can go there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's public there. accessible, so uh, people email us or call That's us Lakeside for an appointment. Yeah, exactly, at our Villa Lakeside. And uh, we make an appointment, and we in sometimes in groups of five to ten people. I personally guide them through uh, the, our head office, and I show them the artworks. I tell my stories. So we make actually time for, for that. Yeah. Okay, Ali Kellis, thanks very much indeed. Thank you. I was talking to Ali Kellish of Lakeside Capital Partners, whose art collection is housed in the depot of Boyman's Van Bernigen Museum in Rotterdam. It is possible to visit the collection, but check for opening times first. Well, that's all for this programme. We'll be back again soon. I'm Michael Hasted, and to play us out, here's a track from the Amsterdam Klezmer Band. Yeah.